everybody welcome back to the jesse nyberg podcast today we're here with sam uh, known as reno just met him super excited to chat talented artist and creative how you doing man i'm great i'm honored to be here thank you for having me yeah of course i'm glad you, you made the time and uh cleaned up your room for me and everything of course <laughs> so what um what have you kind of been up to this week how's your week going just working on RISD's school assignments. You know, they're they're laying it on thick as they always do. Mm-hmm. And uh, been working on some CAD modeling, some networking stuff, some business things, you know, various different things that we do. Yeah, yep. Um, that's a perfect kind of segue because I wanted to ask you, I saw, um, I listened to your podcast a little bit with... Um, Sab, like the bit between or whatever. And um, he, you were talking to him about RISD because I was always familiar with the school and like, you know, it's a sought after school, especially as someone, you know, if you're in high school looking to get into design and whatnot. And you were talking about how, how stressful it was, but at the same time, you know, you're grateful for that because if it was easy, you wouldn't have learned all you have. But um do you think like what what did that teach you overall like getting through those times where you were like almost breaking or drawing uh like 500 rocks like you said it's just like i said in that interview it, it made me see how far i could push myself it made me see my potential yeah yeah and i feel like um do you think that even with like it being difficult that you wouldn't you'd recommend anyone to deal with something like that rather than stuff being easy i would never recommend you to do stuff that's easy anybody watching uh if you're trying to be great at something then you should you know do do the kobe method and go to the court every day and Mm -hmm. you know make as many free throws as you can every day Uh, you know in any profession artist musician whatever it is get your reps in and make yourself do things that you wouldn't normally do or that other people don't make themselves do. Where can you stand out? Rather than just trying to emulate other artists, where can you Mm -hmm. stand out? And what can you learn that will put you into a different category or bring something new to the table like Virgil did bringing architecture into, uh, uh, into fashion just the same way as uh, the book like Don Quixote is like one of the best selling books of all time. And when it first dropped, it was just like every book at that time was dropping about, uh, I believe is like cowboys. Um, yeah. And, and it was a very, very static genre. It was just a cowboy hero story, but the author of Don Quixote switched it up a little bit, changed it like just a little percent to make it uh, more of an interesting adventure. And just mm-hmm. by changing something that already exists just a little bit, you can make something that really clicks. And yeah. um, that's what I'm doing here at RISD and uh, and what, what I've seen all of my inspirations do. So I'm trying to take a page out of their book. Yeah, that's like uh, you talked about Virgil and like the 3% thing. Um, I think that that is like a super effective way to like create something that someone will be able to like consume and like uh, actually, you know, not be too crazy to where they don't even want to interact with it, but just enough, like you did that, I would say with, um, with the shoes. Right. So, you know, Babestead kind of did it with the air force ones too. Like once you change something, there you go. Visual reference. Once you change it too much, it's like, people aren't going to be as comfortable purchasing something, but since they already know, Oh, I like air force ones. I could wear that. Like, uh, that worked. Um, what, what was your inspiration for creating that shoe? Did you just have that idea one day and saw it through? I believe so. I think that's what happened. I just, uh, I had the idea. I made it in Photoshop and I posted it. The mock-up was extremely realistic. So everyone already thought it was real and it kind of went, uh, viral as a mock-up because I think it was people thought it was a real thing and then yeah once once it got kind of got that attention then I was like All right, I'm gonna make this in real life now for real yeah because I saw people posting about it recently did you you just got uh you just pretty much got that all shipped out and everything in the last month 
Allegedly. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if that's what happened. Yeah. Um, so someone was asking, I, I did that, the thing to see if anyone wanted to ask you anything. And I usually look through that stuff and kind of formulate different questions because it can get a little redundant with people saying things like, where you get inspiration or, yeah. or whatever it may be. Right. But, um, someone asked something. So you you stay very busy and, and it seems like you're pretty productive with your time, but do you feel like, um, relaxation for you is a necessary component to like stay productive? So necessary. I, I try to relax. I try to do as little work as possible. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I try to treat myself like I'm my own best friend. Uh, which is different than what I used to do, which is I basically treat myself like my enemy or like a, like a tyrant over myself. So I'd be like, all right, yeah, you have a day. All right, nah, you get a day of work. Like you're going to work all day. And then guess what? Like you go to sleep tomorrow, you're going to have to do another one. And then another one, another mm-hmm. one. You, it's, what, at that point, what are you working for? Like right. I have friends that say that do that kind of work and if I ask them about it, it's like, you know, like, what about taking a break? They're like, well, I'm building my future. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for four years. When does yeah. your future come? So I try to like treat it how my best friend, if my best friend was like, yo, make me a to-do list. I'd be like, well, I really want to see you succeed. So I'm going to give you five hours of work. Not, not just work, very productive work. That's going to take you, you know, that you're going to have actual viewable results from. And then I want you to like spend the rest of the day watching a movie or chilling, eating, going Mm. to a party, spending time with friends. Personally, I have had the best results in my career from doing the most like non-standard things. So going to parties or like meeting some random person just from like having a random inspiration to go talk to them Mm -hmm. or, you know, just going up, staying at a professor's uh, office hours for a little bit longer. You might see those things as like, nah, you shouldn't waste your time with that. Like focus on the vision. It's like all of the other things that you'll do when you're on break will probably end up being more productive to what you're actually trying to do in the long run. It's not about doing what you think is best. It's about having a very, very secure and noble goal and doing whatever it is that you get the inspired action to do while you're on that path. Not what you think, Mm -hmm. but what you feel. And if you could trust that feeling, that's going to take you, that faith, I swear on everything will take you so much farther, so much farther than anything you could plan. Yeah, that um, reminds me, I saw this like, I think it was a TikTok or a YouTube video the other day where they were, it was like all the, um, you know, like retire early, like tech bros. They were like, what are you doing right now? And they're like, oh, I'm grinding for my future. Like I'm just grinding every day so I can retire at 30. And they're like, what are you going to do when you're retire? And they're just like, uh, grind. I don't know. Like, cause that's all they ever do. So yeah. yeah like what are we working towards if we don't want the, the best part about, you know, working as a creative or being an artist or working Uh, as a freelancer is that you get to create ideally you want to do the coolest shit efficiently as possible with the least hours that way you have more time to do you know be a human and interact with the world but people i think get so caught up like they give up the nine to five job and then they work more than they would have even at that so it's an interesting kind of dynamic and i think it's easy to get trapped in that i know i've been uh a victim of that, uh, being a tyrant to myself, as you said, I've, you know, you, you, you feel guilty sometimes just cause you didn't like, I don't know, work, even if you didn't have anything necessarily good to work on, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not even about, like, I'm not saying don't work hard. Like, right. Obviously that is an irreplaceable part of getting what you need to get or what you want to get. But I I encourage people to every day that they do work to look back on it and reflect and say, all right, I worked for six hours today. What Mm -hmm. is done? Like what is now different now that I put in that work? Oh, nothing. Okay. Maybe it's time to try a different form of working. A lot of times we can simplify and, and, uh, uh, you know, add on to the way that we work in a way to make it 
much more productive so that we can be busy for less time and delegate other tasks to better people than yourself at it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. just, just focusing basically on like the big wins of like, I need to get this, uh, I need to trademark this today. Like just, I just need to trademark this today. And then I need to come up with a marketing plan for this uh, or whatever it is, instead of just like, I need to work on my brand today for five hours. Like that's not specific enough. You know, if it's broad, it's like, um, you can sometimes just work all day and never really like you never really did anything. I, I uh, have you read the Deep Work book? No. Uh, you know Cal Newport, so he's this author, right? Um, he's a kind of notorious like anti-tech author about productivity type dude, and uh, he's this professor, and he he came up with this idea of called like Deep Work, where like he realized that most people work you know eight ten hours a day, but it's very unproductive and dragged out and they're always being distracted, but you can get everything done within like four or five hours. If you actually get into this like flow state, you know, and not, you know, turn off your emails. Like, and he, he came up with this idea that I really liked. Uh, it was called like, um, it's like a residual effect on your brain. So let's say you respond to an email and you're working, right? You may not think that that's a big deal or even you just look at the email and you don't respond that little effect in your head of you thinking, what am I going to say later? Like that's already hindering what your concentration was. So when you really want to work, you got to get, just get into that shit, you know, and not be halfway in the door. Yeah. I notice, uh, some days I wake up and I will do a few tasks before I go on my phone and Mm -hmm. whenever I'm doing that, like the focus is just the productivity and focus is at a different level. Cause I'm not yeah. thinking like just exactly what you just said. I'm not subconsciously thinking, Oh, I got a text from this person. That's good. I got a text from this person. That's bad. It's just mm-hmm. like, I right, I need to finish my task. And then when I'm done with the main thing I need to do, I'll use that when my brain doesn't require so much power. Right. That's when I, uh, it's good to, so you gotta, I, I like to figure out, you know, for me, my most like energy is like more important than time, you know? So for me, my most energy efficient time is like 10 to two, somewhere in there. My body is very productive in that time zone. So I try not to give um, that time to like meaningless tasks because I can do those meaningless tasks at like 8 p.m. even if I wanted to when I'm tired. So it's good to, because for some people that may be at night or whatever, but it's good to figure out your nice little chunk that you can get the most stuff done. Um. So another thing I wanted to ask you that I was kind of interested in is hearing you talk in this other interview about when you were at RISD and you were eating more unhealthy than you would like and you were feeling a little bit more um, less confident and maybe like self-conscious or whatever it may be. And I found that surprising because I think you come off as a very confident and like almost the other side of the spectrum, like over like this, you kind of have the Kanye-esque, like radical belief in yourself, you know? And I'm curious, has that emotion ever, you know, stopped being helpful and got in your way? Like you became too confident in something? No. No? Because it's just a belief in myself. It's mm-hmm. uh and a belief in myself is comes with nuance, knowing that not only can I fail, I know I will fail and I welcome failure. So I've never gone into a drop and just thought like, oh, this is going to sell like crazy. I go into every drop thinking yeah. like, I, this is, no one cares about what I have going on. How do I make them care? And because it's true, no one cares if you're watching this, what you do, no one, like yeah. what you do. No one is trying to really keep up with that unless you're really putting something into it that's making their time worth it. And I really value everybody's time because I hate when my time's wasted. I know how valuable mm-hmm. my own time is. So if I'm going to hit you with a drop, I'm not trying to waste your time on some BS. I'm going to make it. Like If I go into music, it's going to be the best album. Like it's going to be the best thing that my entire like being is capable of. And that's the same thing for a drop. And that's why you've seen I haven't dropped in two years. It's not because Mm -hmm. I can't. 
I could force out a drop while I'm at RISD, but I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that yeah. to the world because enough people already do that. And there's enough bad design out there, you know, in terms of Instagram, in terms of the whole entire world. Look around you. Go to like a plaza. You'll see like a million things you don't like. At least I do. And um, yeah, so it's not really it's 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 an I have an unwavering belief in myself because I have an unwavering belief in everybody. And that comes with a understanding that there's going to be tons and tons of pitfalls. And I welcome those. And I love I've talked about it before. It's like, let me fail. Let me fail. Let me mess up in front of everybody so everyone can see that you can do that. And you can still continue walking. You could continue to be here and you could still make it after that. And I've already fallen, you know, a couple times and people are going to see, have seen and will continue to see that it's, it's not stopping anything. Yeah. And that, that, that's good. I, I respect that answer. And it's funny because, you know, I find this like hypocritical from like an audience standpoint. So many people say, go talk to that person, take that risk, do that thing. You never like, you know, never wanted to like try or whatever. And then you do it. And let's say it's bad. Then those people say, you're an idiot. Like, why would you do that? But like it, they only want to be around when it worked out. Then they're like, see bad. He's a fucking, you know, you're, you're an idiot until you're a genius. That's like the way a lot of people look at things. Exactly. Like everyone hates PC culture, right? Everyone will say like, Oh my God, it's like the censorship is so, so bad until somebody says something that you don't personally agree with or you don't like. And then, Oh my God, this person is horrible. It's like, pick one but you know they're never gonna pick one it's always gonna be like right that. and that's you know i have some uh friends and uh what's the lower word of that uh, acquaintances. Uh, not accomplices acquaintances yeah. that are very you know on the far spectrum of pc culture and whatnot and cool do your thing but sometimes i see something happens yeah that is a little too close to like what they're about and then you all of a sudden you hear them say nah don't cancel that person like i like them you know and i'm like see like you gotta put yourself into other people's shoes because it's easy to shit on the person you have no idea who they are yeah and i always think of like this analogy i heard one time is like it's easy to be like the buff guy at the gym that sees somebody who's just starting out and like kind of laugh at them but what happens Mm -hmm. when you want to start you know you're that buff guy and you want to start comedy or something you're gonna go on stage right. and you're gonna be petrified because you know that there's mad other people like that in the in the audience and um you know recently i've i've thought about like what judging people does uh, in terms of me because i i do it i fall short of that and mm-hmm. i know i shouldn't but uh you know it can have bad effects on yourself much more on yourself than than the person they might never find out about it but yeah how you view yourself it it all it all uh it all connects so well that's like that um i think it's it's like a quote it's like jealousy is like drinking uh, poison and expecting the other person to get sick or something like that it's kind of that vibe so with the with the confidence you see me have is like i always try to treat me and, and other people the same way uh, so if I was self-conscious, then that would say something bad about you. Like that would mean if I don't believe mm-hmm. in myself, how, why would I like, why would I believe in you? You know what I mean? If yeah. we can all at the end of the day, like succeed in what we're trying to do. And I believe everybody could get to that point. So it's just a uh, inward outward type of vibe. Yeah, that's good. I, um, so recently I was checking out the, uh, thing you did the happy happy or happy meal the uh, yeah Kanye like blacked out thing and um, I was curious what's your process like when something because this is something that is a uh, you know it's not you're not paying for this an ad or anything on these things but it's almost like you're hijacking like a moment that and you're getting this reach because it's something going on this same happy meal like no one would have gave a fuck about it like not not in the design sense it's good but it wouldn't have had the same impact you know three months ago or whatever right so when you see something going on how do you know to like capitalize on it or like want to be part of the conversation i typically try to 
be very, very hesitant to do that because mm-hmm. so often it can just come across as fan art. And that's mm-hmm. not what I'm going for. It's like a fan artist or like somebody that just that just draws these rappers. It's, right. it's to bring something new to the conversation, just to, to make it's like something that can make someone smile. You just draw a rapper. It's like, all right. Like, yeah, I saw the picture, too. But mm-hmm. trying to bring a new element to that, like, you know, Kanye has a Super Bowl uh, appearance for 15 seconds. And and uh, it's just like, all right, what can we do with that? And R- Racky yeah. is actually the one that brought that idea to me. I wasn't going to do anything with it. And I typically try not to do anything at all, like I said, especially while I'm at RISD, um, unless it's mm-hmm. a good enough idea. And he told me his idea for the McDonald's box with the house. And, and then I was just like, okay, I know exactly what we got to do. So we got to do like the, the the nuggets and the French fries and all this. And I had all these ideas, like stem yeah. player toy. And then this is how we're going to show it. And this is how we'll present it. And this is how we'll market it. And uh, for some reason, certain things just trigger that in my brain. And I, I just know what to do. It's like, that's like the inspired action, the faith that I was talking about before. You got to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like what you said about not wanting to be a fan art. It's almost just as important to know when to do the happy meal as it is to when to not do the other thing yeah. that was popular. Exactly. Yeah. You. It's got to be something that you really know, not not just like maybe, but know that you can bring something cool to the table with it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it, you you want to make something to where people can look at it and not even see who made it and know you made it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like that concept because the other meals that they do, like actually, you know, uh, Travis Scott, Jay Balvin or whatever, like the Travis Scott one kind of cool. Like they kind of had an art direction with it. They, they made it feel like this kind of different little like campaign, but like each one they made after that, it just seemed like the, they were like, Hey, here's a celebrity. What do you like to eat here? Here's the thing. Like they didn't even have, there was no like different colored box for like J Balvin or whatever. Right. So like, I wish if a brand's going to completely use like the namesake of a person, like at least give it a little bit more personality, you know? Yeah. But I mean, what are you, it's McDonald's, you know? I mean, you can't really give like put too much weight on it. Um, the should. next thing no, that but, I want to, we should, cause yeah, we, maybe we should. It's a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company. It should be the most yeah, easy that's for true. them. And I guess it's not a matter of they sh- they have the resources. It's just frustrating that they don't. You right. Know? And I I just made that box for no money. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a twenty year old design student, and I have a very strong feeling that they could have. Uh, they they definitely could have hit my line, but they could have found somebody to do something. You know, yeah. cool for whatever whatever. I'm sure you're, that shit's on a mood board somewhere going to someone that's not you. Well, I'm so. sure it is. Yeah. But, you know, we got to hold these, we got to hold these corporations accountable for their art because, because mm. they're the ones that are making the world either more beautiful or slightly less. I wanted to ask you the, so your name's Sam Mazzarino. Is that your full name? So I guess, is that just the inspiration behind the name? Cutting off the end piece and making it into like a more phonetic spelling that's a pretty good way to say it yes okay because <laughs> i'm always curious you know like it's interesting because choosing a name to identify your brand or you as an individual with is so important but it's also something that's so like not important at the same time like you're just like most people i know i say how, how did you um why are you this they go oh i just chose that on instagram and like now that's just me forever and it's an interesting thing because before social media, I don't know if I would, uh, or like if I were you and it, I was in, you know, 1960, I don't know if I would have been like, oh yeah, but call me Reno. Yeah. Know? It's the same way Jay-Z can just go into the booth and just come up with something that will for 20 years carry weight, but he just literally came up with mm-hmm. it. A lot of it uh, as artists just has to be like an extension of ourselves. I think that thinking gets in the way a lot of the times for artists. Mm. So I try, even though, I mean, that's, that's hypocritical. I spent like three or four pages uh, just trying to come up with a name, but you gotta go with yeah. what you feel. 
Uh, I remember now. So I wanted to ask you, you said being hesitant of being a fan artist. I've talked to someone else about this. And I think that's an important thing to, to think about when you're, cause when you're creating something that's maybe fan art or, you know, you're, you're making a collage or remixing something from like a photo shoot or whatever, right? You're maybe you're gaining this short term gratification and success in this moment that you're being a part of. But I think in the long term, it's bad because if I'm, you know, Kanye, right? Or I'm a Drake or whoever, and someone's making fan art and I really like it and they made that for me and it's super cool. How am I going to be able to charge them the next time when I'm already making stuff for them for free, you know? By charging them. You think that you don't think that that uh, would make the person not feel like, I don't know, a respect in the way of like paying you if you're already doing that stuff? Getting paid is not a matter of respect. It's a matter of I got to eat. You know, I don't think it should play a part. Yeah. If, if you're making fan art of somebody, then it would be very unnoble. I'd, I'd say, oh, that person to say, oh, wow, look at this person making me free work. Let me hire them and then I'll pay them because they made me an Instagram post. Like, you got to pay. Them. Yeah. I guess I'm just kind of looking at it more nefariously because I've seen, you know, you see a lot of bad shit in the way people are treated online so you almost think that that's like the standard it it would happen like what you're saying would probably happen but shouldn't Mm -hmm. yeah uh what got you interested in pivoting a little bit in terms of selling the digital like assets like the mock-ups and things what made you want to get into that it was selling really well people were expressing that it was really helping them i just kind of put it on my site as an open idea like here's this thing i made uh let me know if you guys like it and it ended up being like my most best-selling product um that i've ever done and people still message me i people buy it every day and they message me every day and just like send me nice messages saying like you know your pack helped me break into like beginning my clothing brand. You know, even if it seems mm-hmm. insignificant, it's just a t-shirt template. I really do get those messages. And people say like, I just, no one ever taught me Photoshop. No one ever explained any of this to me. I didn't know how to get started at all. And just, you know, for $10, I could, I could make some, some t-shirts and at least post them and see, you know, what people mm-hmm. think and stuff. And, uh, I really admire Virgil for opening so many doors while he was here and creating so much greatness, but at the same time, creating a world where the next generation of makers can step through that door. And I want to do the same thing. Um, and, uh, specifically, I mean, I'm an industrial designer, so it's in my like it's in our nature as industrial designers to make things better make things more accessible and affordable uh and make them you know with the best materials not that that there's no materials here but um making everything that that exists in fashion more accessible lowering the gatekeeping allowing more people to see their visions through faster doing the things that would have saved young sam time i'm going to do that for the next Sam or the next kid, whoever that is, uh, or Samantha, Mm -hmm. whoever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a lot of power to even those digital things. Like, like you said, uh, when you mocked up the air force one, like concept that, you know, that gave you the, whether, whether how confident you were or not, that gave you like the validity and like, Oh, people like fuck with this. Now I don't have to buy all the materials and I already tested the waters, you know, it all starts with digital. You know, if you're creative, you don't have to spend any money. You can crack Photoshop off the record in, uh, in a video game world. Yeah. Allegedly. In an alternate universe, maybe you could crack Photoshop in an alternate universe where it's legal. And then you can make all of your designs, post them, see how people feel, test the waters, wait till you get a hit. I mean, it shouldn't be that long, you know, be creative. And uh, once you got a hit, then 
do that. I didn't. I, there's nothing real about the McDonald's uh, Kanye meal. It's all digital, mm-hmm. digitally made collage, and then the painting is also a digital painting. Zero cost, and uh, yeah. some news sources were posting it as if it was actually real. If it was actually happening, like who's gonna go get the Donda meal? And that's yeah, really? and that's how things actually end up happening. That's how you get that that email from McDonald's saying, "Hey, we saw your concept. Uh, I, we actually think it's really cool. Would you want to work on the creative for this?" And I've gotten stuff like yeah. that before, you know, whether it's with Billie Eilish or Playboy Cardi or Travis Scott, like these different things. Just from me putting lucky, uh, putting out like these these ideas, people people see them, they like them. All of a sudden, it becomes real. Someone asked me, "Is this is this real about the Happy Meal?" And I said, "At this mm-hmm. point, what's the difference?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest brands in the world they don't even go through the trouble of printing a sample tee to post on their website half these days. You know, it's just a. I would even say like subpar mock-up. You know, it's just a square shirt with the JPEG or PNG overlaid on it, and. What I was curious is, so the t-shirts and hoodies and clothing mock-ups, other than album art or maybe a poster mock-up in an environment, definitely one of the most used things for like designers in terms of of, uh, mocking things up. How do you think, do you think you being able to sell that at this point comes down to like people wanting to get it from you since so many people do that now? We have the best ones. Like they're just the most accessible, best quality. And when I say most accessible, it's not a PSD file. It's a PNG. So you can have MS Paint and use these mockups. You can just drag it mm-hmm. into whatever program you got. Um, and uh, so they're just the most accessible. We have the best, you know, like marketing. We have the best also user base behind it. Like literally people... Dennis Rodman, Kevin Abstract, Justin Bieber, uh, Tekka, The Weeknd, all these people, Trippy Red, have all used it. And then Joe Schmo Designer with, with four followers has also used it and loved it. And, you know, so we're touching mm-hmm. all angles here. So you're going to go with the one that, you know, you understand the best, makes sense because it's a newer newer product. And we were also the first to, to popularize it in this scene. Um, and... Yeah, like you said, it's just the ethos behind it is also something that people can get behind too. Mm-hmm. Is we a you? Yeah, and now there's this now there's story. a whole team uh, of people that that work on the mock-up packs with me, as as well as anything coming out of okay. Reno. Um, but at, at first, it was really just me with a bunch of t-shirts and a green tablecloth uh, laid out on the floor. Okay. Do you think it's beneficial for? Let's say I'm I'm a young designer, right? And I want to get your take on this because I've went back and forth on this idea. Let's say I'm this young designer. I'm just starting out and I want to be, uh, what do we got around here? Turbo Studios, right? That's my, uh, that's my like moniker. And do you think it's beneficial for me to call myself a studio or studios or collective or whatever, even when it's just myself, because you're planning on expanding or do you think it's better to when you're yourself just be yourself because it's almost like oh damn he's doing that all by himself what approach do you think is more efficient for like someone starting out the advice i would give is to live in your own fantasy world if you're an artist don't do this if you're a doctor Mm -hmm. or a surgeon if you're an artist live in your own fantasy world and whatever the name of your brand would be in that fantasy world name it that studios do i have a studio around me right now in the third dimension no but that's not how i see it and that's what's being built Mm. uh and and that's what i always saw and i i actually got that from max fleischer studios who is uh one of the most popular 1950s artists he made like um betty boop and uh some some Mm. of those type of things and um, there was another one. Well, look him up. Look him up. He's really cool. And his art is amazing. He's one of the, my my first inspirations. And I saw he had like Fleischer Studios. And I was like, that's what I'm going to have is a studio. 
So I picked that. So if if you see in your head uh, an entire, you should name it Turbo Country if you see it's a country in your head. For all I can, yeah. I mean, but stand behind it. Don't say like confidential dot LA and you're from New York. And when I ask you about it, you're like, oh, well, it sounded cool. It's like, you know, ha- have a reason. You could do whatever you want. Have Just have some kind of a reason, even if that reason is just, I felt like it. But stand behind it and say it with your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, uh, this The Max Fleischer dude just did a quick little uh, re- recon on it. The I love that clown-like character. I always see the, you know, they'll throw that bit little animation yeah. of him walking like Dancing. down the street yeah. or whatever. That shit's badass. It's crazy some of that stuff being created how how long ago it, yeah. it was. Um so another thing I wanted to ask you is you're I think pretty unique to to me as a designer and artist and uh industrial designer and and all these things because I think your conceptual skills are up to par with people I know that are really good at coming up with concepts and you have a nice illustration style that I think can work in a lot of different situations. And you also have skills in, you know, traditional, whatever you want to call it, like graphic design, right? Layout, typography and things. And I feel like it's a little bit rare these days to be that well-versed. And I'm not trying to like hype you up that much, but it's just an observation, right? And (laughs) yeah, I'm just curious uh with that being said what do you think out of these things that you you feel you're creative in is your strongest and weakest like skill set my strongest skill set is just creativity itself like it could be anything if you want me to come up with a storyboard for a music video i got it the ideas are all that matters if i have an idea for a painting i'll learn how to get good enough at painting to make that idea that night. I mean, mm. like the the Van Gogh, uh, Kanye room Van Gogh piece that went pretty viral. I That was a made on Procreate and I never used Procreate before. I had the idea and I was like, it's not gonna mm. make sense if it's drawn, it needs to be painted. I just, you know, I was like, yo, right. Simon. I got Simon Zilstra. Uh, I was in LA and I went to his house. I was like, bro, show me how to use Procreate. I need to make this right now. And he showed me and like, Mm-hmm. So the idea is the actual creativity uh, supersedes any 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 medium or I don't even think in terms of that. It's just like, all right, you have a music video. All right. I need two huge robots that are like dapping each other up or whatever. Or like I need a narrator. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a million different things. So I don't box myself in terms of any type of label like that. That's why I chose industrial design is because like it's just another skill set that I'm not aware of that one day I'll have an idea where I need to understand how gears work and how to make a shoe in, in CAD or whatever it might be. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say that. And then, uh, I guess if, what would you say is something that you would like to get stronger at? Music anything visual i'm pretty i'm pretty uh pretty good there i'm still obviously have tons and tons and tons to learn but i'd really like to learn how to make beats and how to record music and i will okay that's cool i um i like what you said about the idea of doing the industrial design as like a almost prerequisite for that way when the inspiration comes you don't have to you're not going to be able to just go and grab Procreate to build a fucking car or whatever yeah. it may be, you know, but it reminded me of, do you know who uh, Mona uh-huh. Thomas is? She's this super talented, like, designer. She does um, clothing, jewelry. She has this brand called Hooney, and it's, like, super dope, right? And I talked to her, and I was asking what made her want to build, like, jewelry and things, and, and her explanation was similar as well, this is all the scale I can build at now. Like I want to build buildings and, and cars and cities, but like can only afford to build with like acrylic and, and things like that at the moment. But I think it's good to always look into the big picture and, and further out because, you know, a lot of people may be happy with 
what you've already done that may be like their their epitome of like success or or their peak but i think staying hungry and like knowing that there's more out there than what you've already done is always it may not be the exactly best for your mental health but i think it's good for your overall existence to like kind of have that chip on your shoulder and want yeah, to learn. and i think it's a great practice for all creatives to just sit down with another extremely open-minded friend and or with yourself and just start thinking of ideas of what you would do if literally nothing was off the table if you had all the money in the world or could get all the money in the world just what would you make? Mm-hmm. What city would you build a city? Would you become the president? Would you what would you do if nothing at all was <laughs> off the table? And see where your mind goes. Yeah. And maybe you're like, honestly, I'd probably still just have a job and like I'd just take care of my family. But it's good to think about. Because maybe you'll be like, yeah. Oh wow, I never thought about that. I want to go do this. And maybe I actually could make that happen beyond just my fantasy and make it real. Yeah, and I like, you know, what you said about it's it's also fine to do that exercise and realize like oh i want to be an art director or i want to be a a travel like a a studio musician or whatever like some certain level that you stop at is as long as you know that that is fine then you're good but you never want to be living in that zone and thinking like damn like you know i wanted to whatever fucking be the president or whatever the the example is um you kind of answered it a little bit because you said you want to have the skills set in industrial design when you get to that bridge. But what is another thing in that draw you to that like discipline? Why are you, why'd you choose to study that? I guess more from like a bird's eye perspective. In my head, there were a few possible choices, graphic design, fashion, mm-hmm. industrial design. Um, you know, and then there's like painting and illustration, which I wasn't even going to really consider. And there's, there's some other ones, but yeah, those are the main ones I was thinking about. Graphic design, already good at that. I've already made things that people love and I've shown promise and anything that I don't already know, I don't need to take three years of college, like out of my life to, to learn. Um, I, I'll be able to learn it. Mm. Fashion. Fashion is boring. I figure if I study fashion uh, at a school like this, I I know I could learn everything, but I just thought, what if I learn something that's the opposite kind of of what I'm already doing so that I could, again, bring bring that back. Yeah. And uh, I saw all my friends that were doing stuff in ID and ID is also extremely broad. Like they'll have you making models and then you're making 3D models and then you're just coming up with ideas and then now you're designing the aesthetics of it. Uh, okay, now you're designing the physics mm-hmm. of it and now it's the gears. How are they turning? How are they creating a mechanism to make two levers go up and down? All right, now I just had an idea to make a dress where the dress you know, comes all the way up and creates a force field and then goes down and makes a dress. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. much less of a box and that's that's what I'm about. So don't get me wrong i'm i'm doing all of my own independent studies to learn everything i can about fashion and i'm going to i'm in a fashion yeah. class right now i'm going to you know i'm befriending all the fashion kids and making sure i know exactly what are you learning so i can you know steal your uh your major and and do it for me but not have to pay the double major fee and uh and the same thing for yeah. graphic designers and the same thing for the architects so while i'm here I'm, I'm getting as much as I could possibly suck from the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a good way to use that opportunity to its fullest. And I agree with the, I don't know if I would say when I was in school, I don't think I would have been not necessarily confident, but the reality of my skill set in school was not to the point of, I don't need to be here for design or graphic design. I already got it figured out. That was not the status of my self as a creative. However, all the stuff that matters to me now and that I work on and that I've learned was not at the school. Like if anything, the most important thing I got from what I learned in design graphic design school was 
being disappointed with what they were learning and having to to seek it out or with what they were teaching and having to right. seek it out myself. So I think that that's a good mindset to have. Like I almost wish, you know, I uh, did like computer science or something else that interests me instead because it's more of a practical thing that like would be a lot. I, I don't think I'd have the patience to just teach myself how to code every day for fun. But if I was at school, I definitely would have completed that degree versus design. I'm always learning new shit. I'm always researching. I'm always trying to get better. So I think that's something to think about for young people like planning to go to school is, I don't know, like graphic design's pretty subjective in a sense for being design. So you may want to, it wouldn't hurt, I think, to pursue either like a double major or something else yeah. in general and it's also just there's too much art and so much of it is just redundant it's art about mm. art it's like i know a lot of artist friends that you know they'll kind of just sit and and sit in a room and make art and not go out and do too much and it's like your life no judgment, but what, your life isn't really interesting. What are you making art about? And so it's, mm. I think that artists should strive to have the most interesting life possible so that when you do make something, it can be great. I mean, that that's why I like Kanye so much. Not necessarily that I like his person or agree with everything that he does, but his life is so interesting. It's so crazy, like it's so wild, you know, marrying like the most successful or uh, I guess most famous woman on earth, uh, you know, becoming a billionaire yeah. with, with your own fashion company, even though everyone called you a rapper, becoming a rapper, even though everyone said you were a producer. It's just, that's an interesting story that right. some people can relate to or at the very least find interesting. And um, it's like, you know, a lot of these people are just, just making stuff and it's just like, all right, but who who really needed your perspective? Or why, what are you bringing to the table that's new? Like Virgil has an awesome perspective too. And think about every, I could promise you everything that you like, think about how it's a combination. Like why do people like Donda? It's a combination between heavenly gospel and dark aesthetic. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is like mm -hmm. regal royal mixed with apologetic and self-reflective and all of these albums like good kid mad city has a lot of like very upbeat jazzy songs about very very dark topics and you know mm -hmm. bring the dichotomy so go to different parties go to things that terrify you or things that you think are, will just be weird and just go do weird stuff with your friends that'll give you a different perspective at, at mm -hmm. least watch movies about that kind of thing if you're not going to go do it but i think to me personally in my life i wouldn't listen to myself or or view what i do as cool unless i was doing that so i make sure to do that uh to give other people the mm -hmm. entertainment value that i know they want to see yeah i agree with that it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about giving yourself time to relax but also giving yourself time to experience because yeah, like all art is, unless it's, I could not even unless all art is, is drawing from your own personal experiences and trying to visualize that. And I think I remember hearing you say how, uh, you know, the bad things that happened to you became like this, uh, arsenal or whatever, a bag of, of pain that you can pull out of or siphon when you need like some kind of inspiration. And, Man, I, I couldn't agree more because when I, uh, for example, last or 20, uh, we're in 2022, 2020, my mom passed away, right? Super traumatic thing. Very sad. Right. And I know so many people that that would have been the derailing catalyst in their uh, mindset or career. And whether this was a good way to cope with it or not, that point on, it was like, I'm not even going to think about that. I, it happened and it, it is what it is, but, and I, I process it in different ways, but it almost pushed me to like another level of like discipline and working. Cause I was like, damn, like what are, what am I even going to do if that, that could happen to me, you know, and whatnot. And 
it's crazy because a lot of it's so easy to I almost feel like this may not be super sensitive of me, but I almost feel like sometimes bad things happen to people and they're kind of like, now I can use this as like a thing to yeah. not do stuff, you know, like, Oh, this bad thing happened. Now I can chill for a bit. Cause like I'm sad or whatever. But I think those are the best times to, to use that. Cause yeah, like you said, I believe pain is the strongest emotion and it's something that's I mean, if not that, if not that, then love, but they're both so powerful and those are the best things to well, pull from. Well, the thing from. is they're both inescapable. And I know so many people that try to get the most love and try to run from pain as much as possible. Like I have a friend that mm -hmm. tries not to get into a relationship, even though he likes, you know, certain girls or certain people because he's afraid that he'll have to go through a heartbreak. And, I, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. you can't run from that forever. Like you should welcome the pain as much as the love. Like they're the same thing. They're just reflections of one another because they both make you feel as deeply as the other thing. And those are both the main mm -hmm. emotions that you'll be able to, they're, they're really the only two emotions you'll be able to draw from. And me personally, I love feeling things. It, it reminds me like how human I am and being humbled and like, being nervous or being scared and doing it anyway or whatever it might be that that brings me back into the moment what even if it's really bad and the more emotional things i can go through i'm like to that guy i'm like yo bro let's go talk to that girl like let her break your heart like you know what i mean or it'll probably go mm -hmm. great but step into the fire like jump off the cliff and at least see what happens like you're gonna die like it's gonna be over one day it's just way more mm -hmm. fun. I'm all about fun. Uh, you know, just, just try it yeah. see what happens. A lot of times you get surprised. And those strong emotions like love and pain, it's like, uh, for now, those are the only things that separate us from the machines. You know, if, if we're not going to use that to our advantage, I know a lot of machines that could do things better than humans can do, you know? So we got to keep that edge while, while we still have it. I mean, yeah, don't, I would, I definitely don't recommend, yeah, like running from that stuff. So I have a few last things I wanted to ask you. One being, what have been your most rewarding uh, client and personal projects? Like if you had to choose one from each avenue. Personal project is easily, easily I walk this earth. Um, it was a very mm -hmm. cathartic thing for me to make. Uh, it was and I think I, I, I talk about it in the other interview, but it's just, it was made at a time in my life where I needed it. Like it saved me like to, to be able to pour myself mm -hmm. into creating after a time where that was taken away from me. Like I was creating, but it was in school and it was controlled. And after such like a, a kind of hard year for me, to be able to go back in and just unfiltered create what I wanted to make, what I felt and what God like brought out of me to make. Uh, just, I can't even explain what that did, like how much that helped me. And the pieces themselves is like mm -hmm. the coolest clothes that I've made still, uh, even though it was over a year ago and it'll come out. Don't worry. You know, everyone's going to see this. It's going to come out and, and I'll keep talking about it. But that was the most mm -hmm. rewarding. And as far as client, uh, that's a good question, man. I had this one client that would always commission me when I had just started and her name is Morgan Justice. And she is a singer, um, a musician. And I would like to shout out to Morgan Justice mm -hmm. for giving me the first money that I really ever made from art. I had a few commissions before that, but she would consistently commission me for album covers and various art that looking back, not that great, but thank you for taking the chance mm -hmm. on me. And uh, I, I appreciate how much care you you treated that with. And um I don't know that that'll ever be possible again because now I'm where I am and I was not. And, you know, 
I, I don't I don't know how you could help me more than that. So shouts out to Morgan Justice and the team. Yeah. Go stream. Go stream herself. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, I I feel that I there's some early people I worked with, uh and not only the earlies or the first or the friends or the people I knew, but uh, I look back on some of the first ones where I felt like, oh shit, like 500 bucks or like, you know, whatever the amount is, anything above something that you're embarrassed to, to say, you know, we, I've all, maybe not we all, but I've worked on shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like you would have been better off doing like Uber Eats for an hour than spending that much work on that for that little money. But when you first get that little bit of money on like a nice little project, yeah, you, you can never replicate that because you're, everything is, everything changes with uh, time and like the scale of things and the relevance that may be small to someone now, but at the time it's like, that's crazy. And it's good to look back and be grateful because once you do something for a, you know, more price or a different, uh, caliber of work, it's like, all right, that's the new, that's the new floor. You know, that's the new standard. That's where we're at now. So it's, it's hard to each way you got to keep, you have to keep raising your expectations that, and, um, it reminds me of, I heard that, you know, that dude, Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. He does all that, that, whatever he does. Yeah. I remember hearing him talk about how when he was young, he got a you know new Camry and he was like 10 out of 10 happy. Now he can get 20 Lambos and that's still like seven out of 10 because right. his life's so elevated that you, you have to, you keep raising the bar. But so mm-hmm. don't be like that. I'm not <laughs> recommending that. It's good to look back and be like, damn, you know, look, look where we're at now. Yeah. And the, that's the, the other thing that is uh, our goalposts are always going to move. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught in the hamster wheel of letting the carrot dangle in front of your face and chasing it until you die. Mm-hmm. You're never going to achieve something that's going to be like, I, I got this, now I'm happy. It'll never happen. Right. And we all know that. But sit back and think, like, do you feel like you're enough right now? And I think that a lot of people feel like, I'm not quite, I'm, I'm great, but I'm not enough. Once I get this, then I'll be enough. You got to accept right now that, you're a hundred percent complete with everything because there's always going to be you know as soon as you get a lambo then it's 10 lambos that you want mm-hmm. then it's a yacht you know so just be be very conscious that the goalposts are never going to stop and um and as hard as it might seem just sit back and be like you know what i'm all right like i'm content yeah. life is good i have everything i need Maybe that doesn't apply to every single person, but a lot of people are less grateful than we, we could be. And it's it's a process. Yeah. Um, and another person I would really love to shout out is Will from uh, Hard Jewelry. Because like when I first started working for Will, first of all, Will is like such an amazingly nice guy. And uh, mm-hmm. he's so dedicated to the community and actually like helping to put people on and and cares about his own brand and making it cool and making it something that people will enjoy the the ethos around and mm-hmm. he he was one of the first people to commission me too and when he first did it I was starstruck and I was just like oh my god this is crazy like this is such a huge brand I was showing all my friends yeah, in class and everything yeah. I was like look this brand wants me to make a profile picture of him and uh, I still work with Will and he has been like so understanding of the fact that my prices have gone up and that's something Mm -hmm. that's that's just real like that's real love and uh a lot of people will be like yo bro what what happened you charged me yeah you charged me uh 500 now it's 700 everyone wants to be grandfathered into some kind of locked fixed rate you know it's like yo bro it's not about you it it makes Mm -hmm. it, it makes more sense for me to not do this commission at all so if yeah if I'm gonna do it, then I have to get paid this much. Otherwise, let's just be friends and go get tea. Like you know, we, yeah. have to, we could skip the commission entirely. But Will has completely understood that from me, and uh, and that takes a lot of character. That's and I good. really appreciate him for that. And he's just a great friend to me. So shout out. There's Will. this weird Goodbye, chain. Shout out Will. There's this weird um, power shift I see happen with myself and clients and other people and other clients where 
you know, every, you know, no matter who you are, there's a point in your time where you're starting out and the dynamic between you and the client can maybe feel more, they're helping you out. You know, it's your family member. It's whatever they're like, oh, yeah. Hey, you need some money? Like come design this little, this, you doing that art stuff or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like come design this little drawing or this poster for my church wow. or whatever it may be. And then they come around two years later, they don't see what you've been doing. Yeah. Hey, you still doing that? Those pictures or whatever mm -hmm. they people want to call it with their different jargon. Right. And then you say, yeah, this is it. Whoa. Like, remember I, I, I did it. I paid you when you were just starting and it's like, okay, you're supposed to do that. That's not like you don't deserve me forever just because you were one of the first people to give me work in the end of the day, I was doing a service for you still, however it looked in your mind. So I think it's important for, yeah, everything goes up. Look at the price of everything. You think that if clients uh, or if designers kept their prices the way that gas is, we'd still be paying like 30 cents a gallon. So in a perfect world, uh, if you're living in 2032, Sam now, how would you like your life to look at that point? I feel like to even begin processing what my version of that would be is like a slap in the face to God in a way. I just try to not plan. It's, it's one of the few things, uh, actually it's one of everything that he's better than me at. Mm -hmm. I, I always try to plan things and then he'll come up with something better. So I, at this point I've learned the best thing is to just, keep myself as open as possible and let him take me wherever it's going to go. Uh, and he could literally tell me to do a complete 180 and put down the pencil forever and pick up the sponge and go start cleaning bathrooms in like a local restaurant again, at like just like he did in 2018. And if that's what he wants me to do and go back to Basilicos and go start cleaning the, the bathrooms again, <laughs> I'm there I am. Like I'm, I'm yeah. going to hit up my boss and say, hey, I need a job again. Whatever he want, whatever he wants me to do, I'm completely open to that. So, if you see, you know, if you look back in 2032, that's the year you said, mm -hmm. and I made it. Just know, that's all God. It's uh, and I trust where He's gonna take me, and I have my own goals, and I share those. But at the end of the day, it's up to Him if that fits with His vision or not. At this mm -hmm. point. I made it to what I wanted to do. All I said that I wanted to do is make a living off my art. I did yeah. that. I worked with all the artists I wanted to. Now I'm at my dream school. I, I did everything else that I wanted to personally in my life when I was a 16 year old. I am the person that the 16 year old Sam wished and dreamed that he could become. Mm -hmm. And now all my concern is giving back to the world and and making the most and only expressing gratitude for being here. Not just taking it for granted and just being like, yeah, I'm the shit. Now, now I can just do whatever I want. Nah, I don't want to do anything I want. I want to do everything that he wants me to do. And by doing that, somehow in some paradoxical way, it makes me the happiest. And it, it tends to have the best effect on those in my life. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's awesome. And I think that it goes to show how great the design of life is life itself. Like God is my favorite designer. Like he's my biggest design inspiration. Cause like down to the way that our in, inner systems work up to the fact that I'm speaking to you right now in an intelligent way from books that I've read. It's like, how is that even possible? Like I have mm -hmm. two arms and like my head and, and it's just like, how is this even possible? This doesn't even make any sense. So I meditate every day. And I bring myself to this mental plane of just non-think and just existence. Otherwise, I'll think myself into a million traps and uh, negative situations. And just yeah. from that non-think state, I'll get some kind of idea. Hey, reach out to this person you haven't talked to in two years. Really? That person? Like, that doesn't feel right. And then he'll make me think again and he'll be like, yeah, but... What about this? What about this mm -hmm. lesson? And I'll be like, oh, 
that doesn't make sense. All right, I'm going to talk to them. I talk to them. I end up, they end up knowing somebody else that connects me to someone else or whatever. Maybe they just get inspired from me calling them and they think like, oh, that's cool that he reached out and they have yeah. a better day because of it. Like whatever it is, day to day, year to year, decade to decade, lifetime, I'm here for all of it. And I'm, you know, my, my fear is to the side. My pride is to the side. I'm here to make your life better. Everyone who's watching this, make your life better. And I'm, I'm constantly open to criticism and feedback. And uh, I, I'm just here to do the best that I can and, and take the, the torch from all of my inspirations and all the lessons from, from those that I love and those that inspire me and give back to that. Beautiful. I appreciate the thoughtful answer. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You can check out Sam's stuff on Instagram, Reno Stus, um, or Reno Stus, however you want to be saying that. And is there anything else you want to plug, shout out before we get out of here? If you want to design clothes, just go to my website and just check it out. Just take a stroll on renostudios.com see how you feel about it uh if you like what i said then go to my youtube channel and maybe you'll like other words that i say uh if you like art or you want to see what kind of art i'm making if mm -hmm. unless you already came from that then go to my instagram and my twitter and uh you know if you made it to the end of this interview then you should hit me with a code word we'll make the code word this time we'll make it uh palette I like that word, palette. Uh, so figure out how to spell that and then send that to me so that we can we can talk about the interview. And yeah. um, anyone who supports me, bro, thank you. Thank you. It really means the world. Like, I genuinely, like, seriously, it really means the world. And I wouldn't be here at all. I wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't be probably even at the school that I'm at without everyone's mm -hmm. kind words and encouragement. So much love to anybody who supports anybody, especially me. And Thank you so much for having me on this show. Uh, again, it's truly an honor and I enjoyed our conversation. So, Yep, beautiful. And uh, likewise, thank you for coming on and hope you enjoyed this. Hit, hit the man with the keyword and we'll see you next time. Peace out.